Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy Thursday at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey guys, and welcome to Criminality, the podcast where we know loving reality TV isn't a crime. And thank goodness it isn't a crime this week because breaking news, Rebecca, you have been quite busy. What is it with reality TV that you've been doing this week? This is huge. I actually, no, 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 no. This is great. This is perfect. I, when you said breaking news, I really wish we have like news caster music like yeah yeah because yeah. um this mm-hmm. is big I made good on my gift to you and thank you I started watching sister wives and I'm in so deep so hard I'm losing sleep possibly brain cells <laughs> I oh definitely I'm thinking about things I've never thought about before I have so many thoughts and feelings so I'm really glad we decided to do a little it's not a recap. We're doing like a rehash, not a rehash. We're hashing out our feelings about Sister Wives in advance of replaying your Sister Wives episode, Big of Me Love, which I'm honestly about to re-listen to because it's going to make a lot more sense. I mean, will it? Well, I don't know entirely. <laughs> I did re-listen because I was curious to how like what I've even learned in the meantime, yeah. because I'm also doing a rewatch, but I had watched them season by season. So it's been over several years. So there's so much that I had forgotten. Oh my gosh. It's a wild story. So Rebecca, we will talk a little about where, what has happened in your life now with uh, Sister Wives, and then we will be replaying the episode. As you said, we wanted to make a quick note. Mary, who is the first sister wife, uh, Cody's first wife, she had a child who at the time that we recorded this was going by birth name, which was Mariah. Now they have chosen to change their name to Leon. So as you listen to the episode, you will hear us refer to them as Mariah. They now go by Leon, but at the time we didn't know that. So that's where, you know, if, if you hear that, it's it's not a mistake. Yeah, the before time. It was yeah, at the bef- time. That yes. was a recent event. Right. Before the episode was uh, originally recorded. Yes. So Rebecca, <sighs> let's get into it. You and your daughter have taken this on. Yeah, I can't believe she agreed to watch it with me. I mean, I'm not surprised. As I told you, she has, you know, she's not above this garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> By not above this garbage, I mean, she has great taste. Toddlers and Tiara, <laughs> you know, Love Island, yeah. all of it. So we started it together and it's been like, it's been a bonding experience. It's opened up some interesting conversations, truly. But we're really in and we're really, really invested in... I mean, you, you predicted, you made a lot of accurate predictions for me. Like you're going to fall in love with the kids. The kids are great. And I am right. I'm, I mean, I love them sincerely and as their fifth mother, <laughs> I feel a level of protection over them as though I am yeah. um, another mother. And some of them I'm obsessed with more than others. Like sure. I cannot with truly, she is such a little chickadee. Like I just, and she's like talking now in the episodes where I am. Like she yeah. was a bald little bird and now she's this talking thing. And I just, I can't. I love that you call her a bald little bird. 
bird because it is so funny. She's so blonde and has like no hair. She, I would have called her a Q-tip. I think a bald little bird is so much better. She's adorable. So cute. The cutest. And like the name truly, really bothered me at first. And now I'm like, there is no other name for her. She is truly. And, you know, I'm jumping way ahead, but we just watched the like truly got sick and recovered right episode and I was fully in tears when she walked into the house and they had the like welcome home truly sign and everyone cheered and like I was yeah. just bawling like she really almost died yeah it's not like how they tease us on some reality shows or like the no. Heather I incident it's like no, no she was in kidney failure this was, like, this was I could it. not believe it when they were like it's a cute kidney failure and she's like a two-year-old baby I was just so upset but um yeah, look, I, I don't know. Maybe you have some better way to start this because my mind is going a million miles a minute with thoughts. As it should. So, Rebecca, your initial thoughts on even on Cody. So initially you said with Cody, you and your daughter were like, he's dorky, but whatever. Do you still feel that way or do you have a burning, seething anger that <laughs> rises in you when you see his face? A little bit more of the second one. Okay. <laughs> so at first we were just like, he's corny. Like we cannot so stand him. Like I find him to be one of those grown men that still acts like a, like little old, like an older teenager is just like yeah. immature, really immature. Mm -hmm. And I think I, what I mentioned to you was that he was giving a lot of like youth pastor from the nineties energy. Yes. Like he thinks he's way cooler than he is mm -hmm. and funnier than he is, has to be the smartest in the room. Things like that really bother me. But Same. I didn't find him problematic beyond that, other than would never be attracted to him, wouldn't have gone on one date with him. His sure. younger year pictures, he's far more handsome. Good looking like, man, yes. He had like a nice face um, and a better haircut, but Oof. still wouldn't have been like attracted to him because I can only imagine in his prime of youth how insufferable he must have been. Right. But yeah, slowly, you know, and I'll also say I thought he would come off far more like a, Chris, 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 Chris Lee. <laughs> we are doing Chosen it. Chosen Todd, Todd. Chris Lee. <laughs> and like, I'm the patriarch. And he is like that, but he's also clearly takes into account his four wives and their opinions. So I didn't find him to be like ruling with this iron fist that I thought he would. But I, I think he does. I think it's a little more subtle and manipulative. And I think it's getting worse than what I'm seeing. But at first I was like, I don't know that he's the monster everyone's talking right. about or that might be coming. Because right now he seems like innocuous, like benign, but really totally. annoying. Right. Yeah. So that's changed. It's, it's probably since right before they moved to Flagstaff. So I don't think you guys are there, I'm not yet. there yet. Yeah. So it's like when he's talking to them about the move to Arizona, you see it starting to really unravel. So all okay. the things you said he's not doing, mm -hmm. he is doing now. Okay. Like he fully says, I'm the I'm in charge of the houses. Yeah this is a patriarchy and you guys can follow oh, it. Gosh. That's what you signed up for. Like those wow. words. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. He's saying all the quiet things out loud now. And right. he wasn't before. And no. so there was enough of a likability where you're like, eh, not for me, but like mm -hmm. he doesn't seem to be ruining these people's lives. And now you're like, oh, I hate him. He's yeah. the worst. I will say where I am. And I followed your brilliant guide that you promised us and you <laughs> delivered and then some. So we watched four seasons straight through. Then we did like a couple five, a couple six, and then like, I think something. In, anyway, and then we started jumping 
as per your suggestions. And we're in nine now. And I will say he's getting angrier. They're on a vacation Mm -hmm. in Alaska. And I, oh um, yeah. And then they're showing like what's coming next. And I can just, he's getting angrier. Like the, it's like bubbling up and Mm -hmm. also like the pressure of that big of a family. I don't know how they all aren't exploding at all times, but I know that's another conversation. This is my big burning question, which isn't juicy or anything, but before we get to the moving to flag stuff, what was never clear to me was the investigation was happening in Utah and they moved to Vegas. Was it ever explained why Las Vegas? I know they had visited there and um, I think they knew some people there and I think it it was was just Okay. Like this Sin City where it just kind of was like they can easily just be themselves because everything goes in Vegas. It didn't gotcha. seem like they would have that. Yeah. Like as opposed okay. to moving to, I don't know where else, but Las Vegas, town. literally Sin City. So they were just like, oh, yes, they have other things to do. Okay. Just making sure I didn't miss something like there's a legal loophole there or it's no. legal or I don't know. Okay. He he and Christine went on a trip there, I think one okay. time so when weird. he- when they bring their, is that the one where they bring their family no, therapist? No, that just happened. That was in Galveston, Texas. <laughs> also home of um, Bob Durst or one of Bob Durst's homes in oh, murder okay. locations. But <laughs> I always think uh, Fred Durst, every time Bob Durst comes oh, up, it yeah, takes there's me a another second. Durst. Like, there. The nookie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many Dursts. Yeah. I, I mean, what really we need to discuss is like the wives because sure. that's a little bit more of a complex journey. I think- we're comfortable in our growing dislike of Cody, especially sure. knowing what comes later. But I going, I'm going through such a roller coaster with how I feel about each wife. Okay, so let's get started. Very early on, you sent me a text that said, "When I asked, do you have a favorite wife?" You said, "We need more time. I don't hate Mary. I need to know if you'd like to keep that as your formal opinion, or if you have changed your mind and come to okay. Jesus." <laughs> wow, no pressure. <laughs> um, I have a favorite wife now. It's not Mary. It was never contending to be Mary. I just sure. was, I was just simply saying like, I don't hate her. I know you weren't a fan, but I was like, I don't right. hate her. Um, Christine is definitely the most likable. Right. The most one I'd want to be around. You know, I just, mm-hmm. she seems the like, she's funniest. She seems the most sincere. I just, she has it all going on to me. Right. She's got like a sparkle about her, she right? She has like an absolute just, sparkle. You you don't want anybody to dull that. Like she's no. just her and that's yeah. who she is and yeah. you love it. Yeah. Yes. Totally. I still don't hate Mary. I feel a little bad for her. Um, I can see that. I I don't hate any of them. I get frustrated okay. with Mary and I get frustrated with Janelle. I get frustrated with <gasps> her. Get out of here with your Janelle hate. That will not be tolerated, but- Robin is fine. Well, no, no, there's no Janelle hate at all. I get frustrated because I think she's actually of sound mind most of the time, but she's passive and she comes to things in her own time and she brings so much wisdom, but sometimes I just wish she would like insert herself more, assert herself more rather. And like, I don't know. She seems glazed. Like her eyes are a little glazed over in the beginning to where I'm like, is she okay? Is she happy, healthy with us? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is she taking something to kind of, because she's so sad? I don't know. Yeah. But I don't dislike her at all. She seems super smart. 
Um, so smart. Maybe and too smart. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like she is too smart for this nonsense. But she seems very, to me, it's like, like you were saying, it takes her a while to arrive at a certain point. But every decision she makes is very methodical. She's yes. thought it all through. So like, no, she wasn't going to leave Cody 25 years ago. But once she's seen some of the stuff he said about her on TV mm-hmm. oh, and no. her kids, oh shoot, she's done. You know, she's she's gotten to that point, but it took her a while. But you understand because she really tried. And even when he's saying this crazy stuff to her, she really is trying with him. She's really like, I don't see it that way. And, you know, you're my best friend and you're who I want to tell everything to. And he just doesn't even have a response because he's a monster. Yeah, Yeah, he is so, so annoying. What I also (laughs) like about Janelle, really, he just makes me cringe. Yeah is um that she doesn't she's not as like hokey as the rest yeah. of them like I can tell she like tolerates a lot mm-hmm. and girl same like at those big family gatherings it's a lot like it mm-hmm. would be a lot for certain personality types and clearly hers is one of them like it's yeah. a lot it's a lot of extroversion it's a lot of noise it's a lot of high energy and she's like said very clearly from the beginning I'm really good working and letting yeah. the other moms like read to the kids and like mm-hmm. I come home and I'm all with them but I've spent my day elsewhere and like that seems to be her happy place. Yeah. But I love so, that honesty because I even several years ago, I don't think we heard that as no. much where she's like, I'd rather not be at home all day with my kids. Yeah. And it's, and she adores her kids. Yes. But she knows that like in a few hours, those few hours she has with them, she makes it count. They're well loved. They're well cared for with Christine. Like who wouldn't want to as a kid uh, be around Christine? She's perfect. Well, that kind of brings me to the most complicated part of watching sister wives for the first time. And I think I've shared some of this with you, you know, on our, on the phone is like text message. Don't get it twisted. We do not talk on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Only time we talk face to face is on the podcast. Um, who wouldn't want a sister wife when your kids are young? I absolutely a hundred percent would have signed up for it early on. Like, right. This share the husband. I don't care. I mean, it's actually ideal. Like, let's be I know. real. Once every four days, perfect. <laughs> Truly. It, it sounds like a win. Like in certain, I didn't expect that. I guess I thought I would watch it and be like, I just can't understand it. And there are people who are so possessive and like jealous. And it, right. all of the, I'm none, I'm, I have those things in me, but sure. not to the point where I couldn't see the benefit and like when truly was sick and the rest of the family just pitched in because Christina had to sleep at the hospital and just yeah you know take Cody out of it because I don't think he does enough or enough well like his parenting I mean how can you parent well that many children when you're voting from home to home I think that's really challenging and I think you know I don't know if he does his best I don't think he does his best Mm -hmm. um I think he did maybe in the beginning but But for the women, like that's a real, it's like what you, I think what a lot of people rely on extended family for nowadays, but most people don't live near their mom or their mother-in-law or their sister. And that's, that's the only thing I can compare it to is like the feeling of when it's your mom or mother-in-law and not a babysitter or a paid person helping you. It's like, it's a different level. It brings its own complications, of course, but it's also this level of safety and trust and love for your children that makes sense. Yeah. No, their bond is like indisputable i mean they are like that's their other one another yeah Yeah. christine adores janelle's kids and she's you know you'll see later on where it's like where are we going to go are we going to robin and dad's house or are we going with christine and janelle's kids are like christine like that's who we want to be with 
We love Christine. Saying that to Janelle and Janelle's like, great, me too. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And so there, I don't know, their relationship I think is really special, but it's, but the thing with Robin is she always said she wanted this family and she wanted this relationship, but she's the one very early on who had a nanny move in with her. Like there was no need for a nanny. I haven't seen that. They won't, they won't say it. That's, that's the thing. We find out two seasons ago that she has a nanny, but we never knew she had a nanny. Why would the producers leave that. that out of the story? I don't know or if maybe she, she doesn't well, film. I mean, and early on, yes, yeah, she doesn't film, but early on, um, I think it was just more like a here's our great family, blah, 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 blah. And then drama started to come out like, oh, it's not this perfect family. So mm. I don't know if maybe that was just the edit it was taking. And, you know, it, I don't know. But yeah, it comes up the whole what does the nanny do that comes up later. Oh. But we had no idea prior to that. So. Interesting, because I ha- mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to the point where I dislike Robin so much. I think she always has the right answer. Like, she says the right things. Sure. But there's something, like, affected about her or something insincere. I don't know how else to say it. But I also, in the beginning, really felt for her. Like I said to you, right. she wants in on this for the help. Like, yeah. And who could blame her? I mean, it sounds like she had a really tough marriage. Yeah. And she had three kids, one of whom, you know, seemed like a lot of work and she was working mm-hmm. and yeah. barely making ends meet. Who wouldn't want like suddenly three women to come and like lighten the load and a very doting husband? Yeah. I, I was like, I feel for her, but, but I'm getting I get skeptical. It. I think that, um, but, but they were all like, Hey, we'll take care of them. We'll be part of it. But she kind of always kept herself on the outside where it was like, I want them to be my sisters, but like, also they can't watch my kids. And there was this one time Mary was like heartbroken and wanted to take Solomon, you know, their oldest kid to Arizona, which I was like, I don't know that I would just be like, sure, take him. Yeah. But they were like, "Mm, no. And that's just not how they roll because they're all kind of like, this big family yeah and so it's kind of interesting she treats her kids very differently than oh, the I other kids seen that yet. okay yeah you'll you'll kind of see it and I will say on this rewatch I've tried to watch with a little more compassion for her because of where she's been and thought like okay I want to come up with my own opinions and not just what I've heard and there are times that I do feel bad for her because I do think he is a monster and mm. she just is the nicest one to him or listens to him the most yes and I think that, that too. would be a lot to take in. So if you're the only one listening to this person and they're always telling you what to do, so you always have to do everything to keep them happy. I don't think she is happy. Right. So I don't know so much if she's a monster or if she is just a big victim in this. Mm. I mean, she plays a victim too. So that's where it's hard that's, for me. That's exactly it. Yes. There's like, she says the right thing, but I, there's something under it. I can't quite like trust and with all three of the others even when I get frustrated with Mary I never feel like they're not genuine or authentic Robin's the only one who's not challenging Cody and that sounds like a real more than full-time job if you're in that position totally and if you notice anytime they vote on anything or whatever her opinion always comes last she'll always say well I'll wait and then later seasons they're like no Robin we want you to go first because they know her opinion is going to be whatever Cody's opinion is so she's waiting for him to say hers yeah so in that sense it's ooh but also I feel bad because if that's what you think you have to do all the time that's a miserable life 
My gosh. Yeah, and I'm sure her first relationship, you know, informs how this one is going and yeah, yeah. what she's doing to, you know, salvage it and make sure it, it stays intact. It's so complicated. I mean, think about the complicated dynamics with staying with one person for 10 plus years and now add in four other or three other, you know, relationships that all bring their yeah. own flow and dynamic. I That's the part where I'm just like, oh God, I definitely am not built for this. And watching right. when they, some go away on like when one couple just goes away for an anniversary or a date, like that gets a little weird and awkward and like just this unspoken, we don't really ask about the yeah. private, like intimate parts of each other's marriage, which of course right. they don't, but also how could they not? Like they're how all could they the ignore same it? man. It is so, yeah. then I'm like, oh, right. This is polygamy, Rebecca. Like you actually yeah. didn't ever <laughs> want this. Please put your feet back on the ground (laughs) and stop Stop eyeing your neighbors. Like, (laughs) who can I get in on this racket? (laughs) Exactly. Well, what are your feelings as you're watching the kids get a little bit older, like Cody's relationships with the older kids? Are you noticing that the older kids and the younger kids, he has a different relationship or are you not really there yet? I don't think I'm really there yet. And if if there's any changes, they're subtle. Um, he started, you know, we watched a lot of like, um, purity talks, which were really (sighs) tough and like hormones in your mouth. (gasps) Yes. That clip, which I remember, I I think you showed me that. I've probably sent it. It's upsetting. Either in the episode or, or just some other random time. All these things just now with context mean so much more, but, um, so many purity talks with the older ones. Okay. What I love the most about the show is the older kids on the couch speaking so candidly about their lives, their emotions, their opinion on um, plural families and will they be polygamists? I give these kids so much credit. Right. I I don't know how they're able to be so articulate and honest at that age on TV. It's really admirable, I think. To me, it's way different than any other reality show with kids. Like all of them are pretty normal. None of yes. them are really influencer influences or influences influencers. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. None of them are that. Um, clearly, I'm not either. One of them sells Lululemon, but besides that, like they're not. Did they get the memo about Lululemon. <laughs> neither did Mary. They're still doing it. Oh lord. Um, so none of them have turned into that. It's very much. Like, this is just our family and we don't repeat scenes. We don't do any of this. It's like literally capturing their family. But yeah, I think Janelle has a lot to do with the outspokenness where they're like, I don't want to live polygamy. This isn't for me because she's very quick to say we have raised our kids to believe what they want to and to find that on their own. And they're all doing that. Whatever they're doing, the moms, I would say, are very supportive of their kids in those endeavors, even Good. some of them going back to the Mormon church when they're really not accepted because um, at that point, um, because their families are very, very public as plural families, McKelty and Maddie went through that and they're still supporting their kids if they, if that's what they want to do. Wow. And I have a lot of respect for that. I do too. Yeah. I do think there's a real like wholesomeness to the kids and the family. And that is a testament to the parenting and to the moms, yeah. the wives, like, they don't seem to be seeking fame or, um, right. you know, you, you see their lifestyle change. Clearly sure. they made some money on the show and they were able to, I still can't believe they pulled off building those houses on that Mm-mm. cul-de-sac in Vegas. But, um, th- it's not the same, like it's, these are not housewives kids. These are not 
Right. These are not like any of the shows we've covered on this podcast. And I find them very refreshing. I was very worried about Hunter for a little bit. He's so great. I really like him a lot. I have an crush on him. Yeah. He is very good looking, but like he is so (laughs) kind and loves his siblings and like when Isabel has her surgery, he travels like four hours to go see her to make sure like he could be there for her. Yeah. Meanwhile, Cody doesn't do any of that. Ugh. But it, it was just like, man, Janelle, I don't know. She's just a good mom. She I will say scene, I think. it's hard for me to keep track of whose kids are whose with a couple exceptions. Like obviously Leon is with Mary because she has one kid. So that was always like easy for me and then truly with Christine because that was like her pregnancy and her birth but I don't know that there's a big portion in the middle where I'm like I cannot always assign the moms sure so that's helpful that you can yeah Christine has like all girls and then Peyton and then Janelle has all boys and then oh um Maddie Maddie and Savannah oh and Savannah yeah so besides that I mean I feel like yeah that's kind of an easier way there were these crazy moments you these are things you do when you start watching. We'll pause it and Annabelle and I will be like, can we name all the kids? And we're like, wait, there's four kids that we don't even know their name. And then we're like, oh my gosh, it's Gabriel and Garrison. Like, who are they? Where yeah. are they in the lineup? And then we have to Google them and who's got Instagram. I mean, the rabbit holes we've gone down because yeah. of this show are just ridiculous. But um, we're really, really liking it. And yeah. so the last thing I watched was that Galveston, Texas. Oh, um, Mary Gets Catfished is actually the last Ooh. thing I just watched. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Any thoughts on that? Based on how they're presenting it, what do you think happened with what they are currently telling you? What do you feel like happened? It's so cryptic. It is. They Now do, they refer it to as the dark time. They don't call it the catfish situation anymore. But what, what do you think happened? I mean, there's what she told them at the table and then what she says in her confessional. Very different things. But even what she says in the confessional isn't that much. But she was like in like an emotional affair with who she thought was a guy online. Right. But it turned out it was a woman. Right. But some exchange happened or some something empowered the the woman, not Mary. She's got some power over Mary. And Mary's literally acting like she needs to leave the family to protect them because of right. this information secret damage something. Yeah. That that's what I'm getting. Yeah, it the way they they set it up is she's basically saying this person is going to ruin our family's lives, but she's telling the family, I was friends with this person, they lied to me. They were really funny, but that's it. But then to producer, she's basically like yeah, they really liked me. I enjoyed their company. And you're like, okay, a fair. But she won't ever actually admit that. She turns it into a, they're trying to like extort our family, something like that. So at first Cody's like, oh my gosh, you know, how is this happening? But I think she's never honest with what happened, which was she was vulnerable and she was talking to this person and thought they were someone else and thought maybe she wanted to leave her life and run off with this person, but she never will admit that. So I think it's hard to even forgive someone if they can't be honest with what happened. But at the same time, he has three other wives. Like, of course she's lonely. Like she has no other kids at home. And I did feel for her. I mean, one kid when they leave and like her house must be so quiet in comparison to mm-hmm. the others, which brings us to another point of like mm-hmm. 
it's a big house, Mary. You know, it could Huge be house. a little more insulated if you just had a few less square feet. But, you know, yeah. who am I to say how plural marriages should allocate square footage? I, I don't know about these things, but it seemed like it had to be even Stephen, and that made no sense to me. But no, and neither did it financially make sense they were to so stretched. It was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. It seemed like a very, and as they moved to Flagstaff, Mary rents the, like a three-story house that literally has an elevator in it. And Janelle's in a house, probably 1500 square feet. And she has like four kids at home and what? it's older and Cody doesn't even really like it, but she's like, why am I going to have this huge house? I don't need all that room. Yeah, and Janelle's always very quick to be like, I don't need that room. And even Cody's yeah. like, you need one extra bedroom. She's like, no, don't need it. Right, right, right. <laughs> so practical. So what inspires the move to Flagstaff? Can you remind me? Because I'm yeah, not there okay. yet. I'm sure this comes up in the episode because that's when like, the will... real estate stuff happens, right? No. Cody oh. <laughs> claims to them that they would be stupid not to move now. The housing market, the selling value, they can sell oh. it within a couple months. They're going to make so much money. Wait, sorry. And pause. Oh, yeah. Approximately what year do we think this is? I, I guarantee it was like 2007 when everything crashed, but oh. I know <laughs> I, it wasn't, but it, it didn't make sense. He was, yeah. he bases everything on emotion and like showmanship or something. Yep. So he just very much is like, he literally has a poster that's like the market's here in a year, it's going to be here. So we have to move. <laughs> that he drew. <laughs> yes, he does. You'll love this sign. Um, and so anyway, he, he talks about that. He says to them, like, we have to move. Where we go one, we go all. So we're all going to be moving. Vegas was never the final destination for them. It was like where they had to go, which that part I can understand. But he's saying in two months, we have to move. We have to sell our houses. They'll sell immediately. I'd like to tell you right now, it was Spoiler over alert. a year for mm -hmm. at least one of the houses. Like nothing sold. It sold for way less than they thought. Every plan he had completely oh was gosh. wrong and they all bought idiot. into it, but only because they didn't really have a choice. There wasn't a choice in the conversation where we go one, we go all. So everyone has to go. And but that's why? where you really see. Because just for that reason, he thought they were going to make so much money. So much money. He is a genius. Rebecca. And he just that's dragged everyone when they announced their, right. When they announced their move from Utah to Vegas and the kids, different reactions. Oh. That was so heartbreaking. Wasn't it? And like, we're moving on Monday. Ugh, you can't tell like, any of your friends. Yeah. Not mm -hmm. finishing up the school year, all of it. I mean, look, I know that happens. People have to do it all the time. Sure. I didn't understand why they were doing it. That investigation seemed like, where did that go, by the way? Yeah. I need to re-listen to our episode. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I should too. Um, I mean, they kept investigating, but it wasn't even enough to like get you extradited over right. state lines. So. And so then why Arizona? Okay. Was that just like a spin of the globe and a... Well, the theory is that Robin's oldest son, Dayton, was uh, accepted to school in Flagstaff. And, you okay. know, she's never going to leave her kids. And so that's the theory of why College they there. School it, or like a college, private school? Yeah. Okay. And it looks beautiful. I'll say that. It looks absolutely gorgeous. But th there was nothing. there was nothing else there for them. Oh so that's gosh. kind of where that theory is. Oh my gosh. I have so much more to watch. I can't even believe it. My husband was like, how many seasons are there? Like, like, did you tell her What's you'd watch the whole you? thing? <laughs> <laughs> he was so concerned. And we, although, by the way, we got a TV. I think I told you this. 
Yeah. We've been on TV free. No, clearly I watch TV, but just on computers. Right, right. We just got a TV. So I'm watching them on like a, really, this show has been like my first watch on a proper television, which it really is. Like I need to go watch some like films, like capital F films. Yeah. Because this is just such like every time my husband walks by, I will say he stops and watches while standing for a couple minutes. I know. I think yeah, there's something mesmerizing, if not just seeing like how many shirts are they wearing? Like so many. There's layers. There's the layers on yeah. layers on layers. Modesty. I get it. But can't they just modesty wear a long sleeve shirt? Modesty is hottest. It's like. No, you have to put a spaghetti top over top of it. <laughs> I think they just want the spaghetti strap top and they're yeah. like, well, it can only do it with a mock turtle under it. So yeah. There we go. <laughs> Although I'm very pro mock turtleneck, turtleneck, oh, anything like that. Me Give too. Give them to me. Just the layers are yeah. just. It does feel like very constricting. Even when they're wearing it, I'm like, how are you breathing? They don't look comfy. How? They don't look no. comfortable. Mm-mm, they're not. So I know everybody knows this, but can we just like, can you just fill me in, debrief me one more time on the, the order of divorce events and where we are right now? Absolutely. So this Thank is a spoiler you. alert. If you haven't yeah. caught up with the season, first of all, what are you doing? I yeah. guess you don't have a TV like Rebecca. But if you do, this is this is your assignment. So here it is. The end of last season, we find out that uh, that Christine has left Cody. Okay. She calls it a divorce. They were never legally married, right. but she's like, we're divorced. Okay. Then we find out in the tell-all this year that Janelle and Cody are separated. Okay. And the reason I think it's more than that, as I was saying to you, is Janelle's oldest son, Janelle and Cody's oldest son, Logan, got married a few I months like ago. I like Logan too. He's like a little dad. Like Yeah, he's so responsible. He's like a man. Yeah. So Logan got married and Cody was sitting kind of in the second row on the left side. Right. Janelle is sitting on Opposite. the right side, mm-hmm. front row. So Cody and Robin are sitting together and then all the other wives are sitting on the other side. Awkward. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking even for a separation, it's got to be pretty bad if you're saying at the wedding, like there's no chance, like you can't even pretend for the wedding. Like As the parents of the groom, right? You'd think they'd be the ones sitting next to each other. Exactly. Yeah. Whoa. So, and then in this tell-all, Mary's also saying... She's not still saying that she's really left him. She's he's saying throughout the year if she wants to marry somebody else, great. That's fine. He doesn't care if she wants to marry somebody else or move on. By the way, to him, marriage is the best thing you can ever do. So like right, there's right, right. no career, there's nothing, it's marriage. It sounds like she's left, but she's she will say, like, if he wanted to get back with me, I'll get back with him. Like the only one that doesn't want to be with, he doesn't want to be with, desperately wants to be with him. So they're saying that they're not together, but they haven't really been together. So I just don't mm-hmm. know if like she's going to move out on the property. Well, nobody's going to move out on the property, but the the whole idea was to move out onto Coyote Pass, this like piece of land that's going to change okay. their lives Okay, four years ago. And it still hasn't happened. Shocker. And as far as we know, Robin and him are going strong. Oh, strong yes they are they're they're doing something okay i will say all the women look better as the years go on agreed we've been on all their instagrams but i feel but i feel like that could be like the closer you are to cody the Mm -hmm. worse things are going like i just think he breaks you down whether it's out in the open or just you have to take so much crap from him and i think that 
I'm not trying to bash anyone's looks. It just looks like she's unhappy. She looks really yeah. unhappy. Yeah, yeah. No, she looks significantly different uh, now comparatively. And is the sisterwivesclosetcom um, defunct? Coming soon. Um, right. I think it, <laughs> apparently there could be more designs. But wasn't that a wild storyline? Like, why would you guys think not only that Robin should be designing things, based on what I know. and that people want to wear something that says SW for sister wives. Like that doesn't make any sense. It, it was a real, <laughs> it was a real head scratcher and their pitching was so tough. I mean, even for all of them and um, even Christine, you know, when she was like, I found out I liked marketing. I'm like, mm-hmm. ay, ay, like this yeah. whole <laughs> endeavor was just embarrassing. Um, and the fact that they had all those hits on the website, but, didn't convert to sales. Right. I'm like, that's just because everyone's doing what I'm doing, which is watching the show and then Googling the link and being like, I wouldn't buy any of this Mm -mm. except for the 500 people that did. Like it was ugly. So like fugly. But Robin kept saying it's because we don't have enough options. I don't think that was ever the problem. I think there were too many options. You should have had one option and maybe that should have just been a plain necklace, like truly nothing on it. Even a clasp. Or truly. They just sold just clasps. Called it truly. Oh, Their whole truly. line. I know. No, don't well, do that to her. Don't be smirch. Truly. She's been through enough true. in her life. Truly TM though. That's quite a. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So here's a question. If they had done the right thing and come up with a great business to like capitalize on the sister wives popularity and their brand. Like, what do you think they should have done? What would have been like a smart move for them entrepreneurially? I don't know if it would have been a smart move necessarily, but I like the idea of a gym because Janelle was very passionate about it. She's very into fitness. Like she wanted that. And it's a, it was a good thing for them. I thought like they all wanted to be more active. Like, I don't know. I'd go to a gym with them owning it. Like it's not all size zero. Right. No, that's a good point. And it would just be like a lifestyle kind of thing. But that's a good point that that could be really inspiring to women. I thought so. Yeah. I mean, currently they're doing plexus. I know. um, And LuLaRoe. I can't believe no one's like tapping them on the shoulder. Like, Hey, there's a documentary. I want you to see real quick. Well, it's Mary. Nobody's going to tap her on the shoulder and say anything. She's in that house by herself. Um, oh, what business gosh. do you think they could do? You're good at this stuff. Did they ever publish anything? Did they ever write any books? Because I could actually see them getting into like the religious inspir- Christian inspiration market with like a devotional or like content oh, that in that space. Made more sense. Yeah, I no, seen they them did. doing that. They wrote a book, and I can't remember what it is, Becoming Sister Wives. Oh, and okay, like a memoir, a joint one memoir. about the nachos. Yeah, it's a story about the Christine eating nachos, Cody saying how he was unattracted to her, but he still married her because what a nice thing for him to do. Like, Oh, my gosh. The pity he gave that poor, horrific woman. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to get real shady about it, they could have done like a real nasty, <laughs> like, tell all about. Cody, but that wouldn't have happened when they were in their heyday. But now, like, I don't I know. know. But Some I subscription really... thing to like find well, out the you know, real dirt. Gwendolyn, um, she's one of Christine's daughters. She does like a YouTube reaction video now. Oh, and she okay. yeah, so she's had three episodes. She has quite a few subscribers, but okay. um, but she's still like 
I think the kids are so good because, and I think it has to do with their moms because they will be like, oh, I don't remember it that way. Or like, oh, God probably shouldn't have said that, but they're not like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're very generous. They could, Mm -hmm. they could rip him to shreds and they don't, it's still their dad. Yeah. What an interesting dynamic and what an interesting way to grow up. Oh, for sure. For sure. So I'm still like, polygamy is not for me, but I, (laughs) If you would have asked me in the middle of the night with my son, oh my gosh, nursing him to sleep, um, you know, and like a sick kid, I would have been like, you can take my husband. I don't even care what you do with him. Bring me all the wives. (laughs) Yeah. And in three nights, I'll get my stuff together and try to be like wifely towards him. But in the meantime, Uh, yeah. Like, do you have any leftovers that I can like feed my kids with? Yeah, exactly. Absolute same. When I was working full time and had three, three kids, like at three different schools in Manhattan, if I'd had three wives, like that would have been the dream. The dream. I know. Oh my gosh. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Yeah. I don't even um, know how we got through it, frankly. N- me either. Um, You would have probably just left. I mean, I would have. Like if I was like <laughs> two other people can watch these kids, I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I'd be so. the wife that was always at Starbucks with headphones and a laptop. <laughs> You'd be the Janelle. Like I'll come back at bedtime. Yeah. I'll check in on everybody. I then. love reading yeah. aloud. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Well, honestly, I can't thank you enough <laughs> for really like <laughs> talking about it so incessantly that you broke me down and got me to watch it. I, and also it's like a connection point with our listeners because so many of them totally. watch, but there's so many new people coming on board with me that have messaged saying like, I'm watching too. And this was yeah. my holiday and New Year's plan. So it's really just a fun experience. And now we have another shared connection and I don't feel left out. Was, yeah, you know. it was FOMO. It was FOMO. That was oh, the look, whole thing. It, I'm not me. above it. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you inspired it. Um, but I'm I'm so happy it's a conversation we can have. And um, I'm so excited to listen to this next episode that we're going to play right now. And I'm going to listen to it again because my mind is a sieve and it was a year ago or so. I don't know how long ago. Oh, Janelle calls him, calls Cody a sieve uh, this last week. So did I use it wrong? Cause that feels he tells, no, no, no. Cause he tells oh. all of his secrets. Like if you tell oh. him a secret, she's like, he's a sip. He just yeah. spreads it all mm-hmm. in and out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, cause you know, smart. And I, didn't, I could no, see myself saying the wrong thing. <laughs> um, no, they're, the women are really strong. They really are. Like they are. It's about them. That's one more thing I want to say is like, I hate that I'm using Chris Lee knows best again as a reference point, but that show has his name in it in the mm-hmm. title and it's about him. And this show is called Sister Wives. And yes, Cody is like the one they're all married to. He's the connection point. But connection, it really yeah. is a show about those four women. Yeah. Their relationship with one another, with themselves, their the evolution of each woman over the years right. and their parenting. Like, I really do like that. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And they, I don't know, they come a long ways. So I, yeah. I enjoy it. It's been a journey and I'm I'm glad you're on it. And Me hope too. everyone else is. And if you've started it, let us know. We yeah, are, please. Yeah, I'm. I'm always looking for somebody else to talk to about. Um, <laughs> talk to it about. Um, and Rebecca, I send her. I like try not to get too far ahead of you, but I'm like sending you clips of crazy things that Cody says. Like Ari, um, Arielle May is the lubricant of our family. Stuff like that. <sighs> Just like <laughs> no, Cody. Ugh. She's the family lube. Things like that. Just really upsetting. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and we'll definitely have sister wives 
merch in our next drop, like something yes. um, referencing that. I think we already yeah. have the design in work. So yes. coming soon in 2023, it's a long year. So I mean, we're only January. Um, but yeah, this was fun. All right. So you guys next week, we'll have a brand new episode. Sorry, this didn't end up being that, but it was perfect time. The third part of yeah. the tell-all is out this weekend. So make sure you check it out and let us know your thoughts. See everyone soon. Bye. Bye. Just a quick heads up, there is a brief mention of sexual assault in this week's episode, so please take care when listening. Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of Criminality, the podcast. (laughs) The tagline escaped me. Uh, Loving reality isn't a crime. Right, Rebecca? Well, we love it. Well, not usually. I mean, yes, loving reality is not a crime, but there is so much crime in it, Melissa, and we knew that when we started this. But OMG. And we really had our hand on the pulse. We were really just ahead of our time, really. This week has been crazy. I, I don't even, it's like, it's hard. I mean, we're coming out with this now. It's going to be several days later. So much has happened. But yeah, of course, the Jen Shaw story broke. And I've seen no shortage of amazing headlines with plays on her name, like the shocking story and like getting <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. Yes, yeah. Shaw arrested. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that's all been playing out and it just happened so fast and kind of out of nowhere, though, I think we all were suspicious when she didn't, couldn't describe her business accurately at the reunion. Right. I think we all were like, huh, that's odd, but who knew just how odd it, it is. The most odd. Yeah. That you played or you put that clip on our Instagram of uh, Heather Gay saying, I don't know what she does, but I love um, it. And like the RC, Arsenio yeah. Hall you know, or no, whoever, like raising Raise the, roof. the roof. And I was like, oh, I mean, this is not aging well. No, it, and no, and it's so recent, which is just even sadder. I mean, that would have been like kind of a sad thing on its own. But then in light of that, just, oh, cringe. Um, but what's so interesting now is she's denying the allegations and saying they're not true. Free Jen Shaw. It's a right? movement. Hashtag free Jen Shaw. Yeah. That I think only she and the Shaw squad are. <laughs> I don't know. A part of. I Allegedly. I She's got three lawyers. I don't know why they're letting her be near a phone. I, I don't understand. No, but can you imagine taking a phone from her? We saw that <laughs> cell phone footage yeah. from a few months yeah, ago. right? The meeting between the lawyer. You take it. No, you take it. I don't want yeah. to take it. I had to talk <laughs> yeah. to her last time. <laughs> Exactly. So you can be sure whenever more details come out, that's definitely going to be that is right on in Rebecca's wheelhouse. And she is going to cover it so well. And we're going to get so many details. I I mean, I'm already figuring out if being a podcaster is, you know, if that qualifies to being press at the trial. (laughs) Because a hundred percent, it's a federal court in Manhattan. And I've been there before, because I've stalked Keith Ranieri's trials there in Brooklyn. So I'm going to do what I can and get as close to the story as possible. I'm definitely not going to report it until there's, you know, a lot more to report, but shocked she's pleading not guilty. I think it's crazy and I just can't wait to see it play out. And I, we're just in for such a treat because uh, Salt Lake City is filming. 
Oh, so good. So, so good. Because this always happens where they're like, uh, yeah, three months earlier, and you just hear about what's happened. I know. We never get the cameras there. This is amazing TV. And isn't this also happening for Beverly Hills? Won't we be watching that drama unfold? We should be, but how much do you think Eric is going to let us in? I don't think she's going to give us a whole well, lot. Well, I would normally say no. I don't think she would, but I've read that she was very open. I think even Andy was quoted as saying, like, she's incredibly open about what's going on with her and Tom, but uh, it's all relative. Like, maybe in terms of Erica being open, it's very open, but it's never sure. going to be as much as we want. <laughs> Let's we, no. we know that. But I can't do another season of Lucy Lucy Apple Juice. I can't I can't take a one storyline and run it through the road. No. That one, this one's so good and has so much potential. Exactly. They have to give it to they us. They really do. They have to. They really do. So yeah, it was uh, quite, quite a week. And you know, what's also funny is the day before that story broke, or possibly even the morning of, there was that story about um Heather. Yeah. Uh, what's her, why am I forgetting her last name? Uh Carol Radswell, Heather Thompson, right? Yes, Heather Thompson, Heather Thompson in New okay. York quitting, like yeah. mid-film, which I didn't even know she was a cast member. Is she, was she just a friend of and she was filming? I don't really I understand. I thought she was a friend of. Yeah. I didn't think they had, they had said that she was a cast member. Okay. But I feel like there was enough time that went by that you want these people to come back. Like two years ago, I would have been like, eh. But now I'm like, absolutely, you come back. Yeah. Jill Zarin, no, I never want no, her back. And I know needed. I'm on my own island for that, but. No, I'm not 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 into I'm it. I'm with you on that, but I I could take or leave Heather. It didn't matter. But I was just like, oh, interesting. She quit mid mid shoot, and then and then yeah. the Jen Shaw story broke, and it was like Heather who is over. <laughs> we have <laughs> moved on. We have. It was a good day, good really good day to be in the Bravo universe because it was just nonstop all day. I really had to dedicate my life to the journey of the Jen Shaw. It's, you know, really remarkable the things I pushed aside to kind of stay on top of it. And I couldn't even stay on top of it. What's amazing about this Bravo universe you're talking about is the fast and the furious. I mean, the memes, the jokes, the Mm -hmm. the, it was like it was like Christmas morning. Like it just kept getting better. It was incredible. It was Luann being arrested all over again. It really, really was like December 2017. Yeah. (laughs) A simpler time. (laughs) So this week, though, I am going to bring you a new story. And I was telling Rebecca, I struggle with this, not because it's not interesting, not because of anything, but it's so much information. So I'm condensing it. And I'm even going to have pictures for Rebecca because I think we're going to need them. And we'll be able to post these to social media to help you along. So the story I'm talking about this week, my clues from last time were... Uh, failed jewelry empire, full quiver, and what was the basement other one? Basement wife. And oh, basement wife. Yes. So this week we're talking about the crimes, or not really crimes. They committed crimes, but they weren't arrested. Of the sister wives, the sister wives franchise. So it dawned on me after we recorded. Of course, basement wife should have been a dead giveaway, even though <laughs> I mean the basement part just made it so dark. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I didn't think the of that. wife alone. It should have been a, a clue because you're all about the sister wives. Like it's Love it's it. come up more than once. So yeah, but I actually, <laughs> I honestly, I'm embarrassed to say I didn't know what a quiver was until I Googled it. Um, and that also, it's a big Duggars word. The Duggars like to say quiver. Okay, that makes sense. All that, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I understand it now. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so back in 2006, the show Big Love was on HBO. Did you ever watch Big Love? I think I've I seen pieces. I didn't follow. 
it was five seasons and it was about Bill Hendrickson and his three wives. Towards the end, it gets really off and weird and he like runs for Congress or something. And it was kind of bizarre. So I followed it kind of, but it, it was interesting. But that was like my first taste into the world of polygamy. And so interest is really up. And in 2010, there's these two independent producers who go to Figure Eight Films in North Carolina. And they have an idea to do a show about the Brown family. The president of TLC at the time, Bill Hayes, agrees after he meets the Browns and realizes they're really interesting, they're fascinating, and they're not what you would think of typically as a polygamous family. So they shot this footage in mid-2010 for the first season, and it ends in a wedding. They ended up filming even more in case it was picked up, and it was for 15 seasons, Rebecca. That's a long-running show. This show is truly about nothing. I cannot emphasize that more. I wait every week to watch this show and I get truly nothing happens. Just at best, they're moving from house to house. At worst, they're talking about this property they all want to live on that they're never going to. So what keeps you coming back? I have to ask. Right now in season 15, Cody hates at least one wife and at least one wife hates him. That's fascinating television that you have these people who are together because they ha- not they don't have to but they like they think that's the plan but they really don't like each other and it's kind of watching them season to season like come into their own and then also kind of not take his crap and then him his little ego is being deflated i don't know what it is it's there's probably it probably says something more about me than it does them that i'm so interested in it but it's just a dynamic that you don't see anywhere else well i'm not i i'm actually not sure that's true that seems to me like a theme we see on the housewives where the wife gets more confident from doing the show she starts making her own money she starts pushing back on the status quo a little bit so maybe it's a version of that but in this dynamic of a polygamous marriage in which case that makes sense to me it's relationship drama and tension totally relationship yeah because really nothing ever happens you Truly nothing happens. So if you aren't familiar with Sister Wives, here's a little synopsis and we'll get into more details as we go along. So you have Cody Brown and he's the patriarch of the family. In 1990, he marries his first wife, Mary. In 1993, three years later, he marries Janelle. One year later, while Janelle is pregnant with her first son, Christine joins the family. So Robin is the final wife and she and Cody marry in 2010, which is 17 years after he married his last wife. Wow. And this is part of, yeah, the season one finale is this wedding. And like I said, 17 years after Christine had joined the family. So besides Mary, who was the first wife, all the marriages between Cody and his wives are technically spiritual unions, at least for a while. At the center of the show is polygamy and the dynamics of the family. When the show debuted on TLC on September 26, 2010, the very next day where they lived in Lehigh, Utah, they actually announced an investigation into Cody Brown and his family for possible charges of bigamy, which was a third-degree felony, which carries a possible penalty of 20 years in prison for Cody and up to five years in prison for each wife. I forget what bigamy is. Bigamy is typically when two or more spouses aren't aware of one another. Oh, But this, they're claiming, is bigamy through cohabitation. So since they're all living together, the state of Utah considered it bigamy. 
which is weird, right? Because I thought it was the other way, but that's what they said. He's only married to Mary, but he's living with these three other women, and they considered that to be bigamy at the time. So this is back in 2010. Okay, got it. So in response to the investigation, the Browns released a statement, quote, we are disappointed in the announcement of an investigation, but when we decided to do this show, we knew there would be risk for the sake of our family and most importantly, our kids. We felt it was a risk worth taking, end quote. So before we get into the specifics of the family, we'll talk a little about what polygamy is and how this family came to be involved in it. Oh, good. Because I really, truly only knew the big love version of this. So polygamy is basically one person being married to two more spouses. Polygony is one man that has multiple wives. Oh. Polyandry is one wife and multiple husbands. You don't hear about polyandry a lot, and that's because who wants to be married to multiple men? That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> Depends who you ask, but I'm with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow, this is like getting real really fast. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Educational. I told you, I've been everywhere in okay. this. And so we talked a little about bigamy, and that's something we hear in true crime. Every once in a while, you'll find one of these stories where this guy has gone off and he's married another woman, has more kids, and has to kill somebody to hide yes. this, right? So while some people look at polygamy as a way to take care of a larger family, kind of like a commune situation, others do it for religious reasons. And the Browns are one of the families that do it for religious reasons. So the Browns are technically part of a sect of fundamental Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, FLDS. And so Joseph Smith was the guy who founded Mormonism back in 1830. And he was deeply affected by the death of his brother a few years later. After he founded Mormonism, he has this vision of his brother. And in this vision, he sees something called sealings, uh, S-E-A-L-I-N-G-S. These are for faithful Mormon parishioners who are approved by the church. In these sealings that he saw in his vision, it gives a more powerful role to men to help save these people that they love to get into heaven. So by and large, at this time, more men are converting to Mormonism than any other religion. So in the early 1830s, Joseph Smith included polygamy into the practices of the church. Similarly to in the Old Testament, Abraham had multiple wives. So according to Smith, a good and righteous man can help lots of women get into heaven by being sealed into a plural marriage. So if you have a large family, it multiplies a man's glory in the afterlife and so this doctrine was established in 1843, wow. which I didn't realize that Joseph Smith was the one that actually brought this into no it. No idea. Yeah. So the government gets involved and the U.S. Supreme Court rules in Reynolds versus the United States in 1878 that polygamy was odious, which I had to Google, unpleasant. And <laughs> they said that second marriages were always void. And they were like, that's just how it's going to be. We're not doing this. You can't do this. Well, the Mormon church did not back down. They wanted to keep polygamy as part of their practices. And in 1887, something called the Edmonds-Tucker Act was passed in Congress. And this authorized the seizure of LDS church assets and makes polygamy a federal offense. So they basically said, we gave you a warning. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to keep doing this, now we're taking your stuff. And this is, you know, a federal offense. So in the 1880s, men that were polygamous started being attacked, and so the church feels this pressure to distance themselves from polygamy. So the president of the Mormon church at the time, Wilford Woodruff, announced in 1890 the church would no longer sanction plural marriages in adherence to the law of the U.S., but there were Mormons that still wanted to do this, so they actually would go off to Mexico and ended up marrying in Mexico and 
a lot of polygamous sects were born, sects, S-E-C-T-S, <laughs> were in, in Mexico. So by the 1930s, though, there's seven Mormon polygamous leaders who get together to form this loose confederation to keep polygamy going. So back, this is not even 100 years ago. And, and they did that for a while, and then it sort of became an underground thing. Um, it's estimated that there's around 38,000 fundamentalists practicing polygamy in the United States right now. Out of the seven Mormon polygamous leaders, we get this you know, offshoot of Mormonism, which is the fundamentalist church. And so this is something you'll hear that's different. And they make it very, very clear that it's not the same thing as uh, traditional Mormonism. So now we've arrived at why religious polygamists choose this lifestyle, even with the threat of imprisonment. They feel like this is going to be a thing that helps them. It seals their family together, and all of them have heaven to look forward to. But what draws the Brown family into it? So Cody Brown was born on January 17, 1969, and he was born into the LDS faith. Uh, his parents were monogamous actually throughout his whole childhood. When he was 14, though, his parents sit down and have this conversation with him about celestial plural marriage, kind of saying, here's what this is, just want you to know. And he said, in hearing this about plural marriage, I knew I was going to do it. Like, they weren't doing it, but he just said, okay, this is my thing at 14. I had a lot of bad decisions at 14, <laughs> but I guess this was no. <laughs> I think like any talk from your parents at age 14, particularly around relationship and sex things. I don't know. It's just not a great time to make a lifelong decision. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a big one to be like, at 14, I decided. At 14, I decided I was going to get a tattoo of like a rat or something crazy. And luckily, 18-year-old me was like, that's a stupid idea. But 14-year-old me would have made some terrible decisions. Same, same. <laughs> so when Cody's 19, he moves to Texas. And during this time, he finds out his parents have been excommunicated from the church because his dad has taken a second wife. Okay. So they've gone from just being like, hey, this is what it is, to also, here's your new mom. And so he said he was really open to it. He thought it was great. He loved her like a mom, which is kind of amazing to hear because he never lived with them together, you know? So it's like getting a step-parent after you've, you know, grown up. It just seems like you're not going to have that connection. No, that's maybe that's odd. I, I don't know. Maybe he just really was so inclined to be accepting of it that he could extend some maybe affinity for her. I don't know. Maybe. So this is whenever he is he's back and he meets this lady named Mary. He meets her at church. And poor Mary, I re read the book uh, Becoming Sister Wives, wow. uh, you know, for research for this. And Basically, everything they say about her is never that flattering in terms of her personality, which makes me so sad. They were, he basically said, didn't notice her. She was there, didn't notice her. But she ends up attending some summer camp with his sister. And then his sister talks a lot about her. And then he meets her and says, oh, you're the Mary my sister really liked. And that's kind of how they start to know one another. How lovely. So yeah, I trust me, these Marriages, you will not even believe how they start because you would be like, I would never, I would never let my child. It's good. So Mary grows up in California and she moves to Utah when she's five years old. Her mom really wanted to get her dad into polygamy for some reason. I don't know if she was like, too many kids. Can we, I just need help. I do see the upside more for women. <laughs> 
in that sense. A hundred percent. How many times? No, there's a lot. Yeah. Have you felt like if there was just one more of me or two or three, we could get all this done? Yeah. There, I could be, I wouldn't be the cooking wife. I wouldn't be the laundry wife. Rebecca, I'm running out of things. Yeah, what would I, I be? I was just like, wait a minute. That's right. I'd need a role and I'd have to get really good at it and be like intentional about it. So this wouldn't work for me because I'd be, I'd be like the good for nothing wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the one I'd want. I would say I would love to be your good for nothing wife. Put that on the vision board, please. Good for nothing wife. That's my, I actually think I might be that already. Yeah, uh, I just don't my, have anybody to pick up my slack. So true. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. So eventually her dad decides to get into polygamy at the encouragement of her mom. He takes five wives in total and Mary ends up having 27 siblings. And so she's raised in the LDS faith, but now into this fundamentalist um, version of it. So Cody meets Mary and ends up joining the fundamentalist version of this because at this point his parents have, but he hasn't. So he joins. They fall in love. That's what they said. And married each other on April 21st, 1990. And they knew going into it. Mary knew going into it. Cody knew going into it. They were going to have more wives. That was just always the plan. And so the couple end up having one kid together, and we'll get into that later. And now we meet Janelle. Janelle is probably my favorite wife. And if we're talking Enneagram, she's a six. Oh. And I don't just say that because I'm a six. She's just logical. (laughs) She's so logical. She's such a planner. And she's like, I don't know. She doesn't require much in their relationship. I'm not saying that's me, but it's an interesting part um, with her. So she grows up in the LDS faith. Uh, Her dad dies when she's two, and she has a stepfather that she said was really distant. And so she just knew, I don't want that for my life. I don't want that to be my spouse. So she just knew she wanted a really good husband, really good father. And she meets this guy named Adam, and her grandmother says, hey, you know, Adam, he's from a family of polygamists. And she was like, okay. She didn't know any other polygamist, but she finds out Adam's a polygamist. And so the two get married, and she thought they were going to become polygamist, but six months later, he moved out, and they divorce. And the thing was, during all of this, she really loved his family. She did a lot with his family, even in this short amount of time. And she was friends with um, his sister, his sister who was Mary, Mary who was married to Cody. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. I'm so bad at family relationships. So Mary, who is Cody's first wife, is the sister of the guy Janelle was married to. Yeah, you got it. Okay, so they're actually not related. They're not related. They're not blood. Blood, But but they were familial marriage, right? Yeah. Okay. And that was kind of hidden from people in the first season. You didn't really know that until Rebecca you see photos from Mary and Cody's wedding and Janelle is just standing right next to Cody in the wedding that is from so three years before. Weird. It gets weirder. <laughs> just of course it, of course it I does. I need you to buckle in. <laughs> it gets weirder. So she's in the middle of this divorce. She sees Cody, you know, they have somewhat of a relationship just as friends, family, and she kind of notices there's something different about him, but she's going through this divorce and she just kind of packs it away. Three months after Cody and Mary were married, Cody actually gets a job where Janelle works. So they meet, they talk, 
And she just keeps feeling really drawn to him. And she knows to become a part of a plural marriage. She knows he believes in it. And she knows Mary believes into it, in it. But it, kind of the wife tends to bring in a new wife more hmm. so than the husband. So it's not like the husband's, I was going to say chasing booty, but I haven't come up with a better <laughs> phrase. <laughs> so they're not chasing booty. A wife normally finds a woman, a uh, woman folk, to be one of the wives. Okay. Extend the sisterhood. Extend the sisterhood (laughs) over chasing booty. So that's what they did. So Janelle's mom hears her saying, you know, I really kind of like this family. I want to be a part of it. I think I'm supposed to be a part of it. And Janelle's mom, who's no longer married to her stepdad, says, this is crazy. I don't want you to do this. If you're going to go up there, I'm going with you. And she said, okay, so to go visit Cody's family. So she goes up there. Here's the thing. Cody's mom, I mean, Janelle's mom meets Cody's dad and they fall in love and they get married. Oh my God. (laughs) There are people in the world who like actively resist getting married. These people are just like, it's like, it's weird. There's so much marriage happening. So much marriage. And these people, like, I just love the idea of these men being like the best of the best. Like there's no one else. We have to marry him. He needs four wives. No, you could, you'd be fine. Yeah. But Cody's dad, so she goes from being, I don't think polygamy is good to I'm now your mom and your mother-in-law and your husband that you're courting is now your stepbrother. Oh my gosh. This requires (laughs) a Venn diagram. I do have um, some photos I can show you. So I'll post these on social media, but I'm showing Rebecca right now a little bit of the family tree. So here we have Mary and Cody. Okay. They are going to have one daughter named Mariah. Yes. Now we're up to Janelle. Janelle and Cody. Janelle is, I think of her as the worker bee. She wants to work. She's just very, very smart, very hardworking, very organized. She is like no nonsense. These are her kids. Logan is her oldest. Maddie, Hunter, Garrison, Gabriel, Savannah. In my personal opinion, she has some of the best kids in the whole bunch. They're just good kids. She's a good mom. So Janelle basically said this relationship with her and Cody wasn't this huge love story. It was, hey, I like you. I want to be a part of your family. I think we get along intellectually. Let's do this. So she says they're not in love when they get married. It's very just like this works. They go on one date and they get married. But they end up getting married on Mary's birthday, which was such a terrible, terrible idea. Isn't it? And I love Janelle. And I was like, that was not a good idea. No, I I would think as a sister wife, you'd respect birthdays independent of anniversaries. Like that's something you can control. Let me tell you, every the episodes on these that actually have to do with anything is always somebody fighting over a birthday, over Christmas, over hanging ornaments. It's a whole (laughs) thing. So it's such a weird thing. So she and Cody together have six kids. Like I said, six of my favorite kids. In the book, it talks a lot about Janelle and Mary's relationship, and it was tense. So the two of them and Cody first lived in a trailer for a while and barely spoke. Cody traveled all the time. He did stuff in sales. And so the two women are just left to do nothing before they have kids. They're just like, can you imagine? No, no, I can't how tense it has to be to be like, okay, you're with my husband, I'm with your husband, and uh, we're all trying to get pregnant at the same time. So that's the other thing. Oh, God. Sorry. It's a lot. (laughs) Don't put that on the whiteboard or don't put that on the vision board. (laughs) 
It's like pregnancy pact meets sister wives. This is getting weird. I know. So next we have Christine. Christine is lovely. I think she is so much fun. She's so bubbly. She has such a great personality. And she's one of those people who was kind of made for TV, I think. So Christine grows up in the fundamentalist church. She has two moms, 10 brothers and sisters. She is bubbly and vivacious and just the life of the party, just loud. And I love her so much. She's so fun. Her grandfather was the pastor of the church that they would all eventually meet at and attend. Um, According to the book, I don't know why I put this note in here, but this is one of those Mary comments I was saying. No one noticed Mary at the church until she married Cody. I know. You won't feel bad for Mary for long. Well, I still kind of do, but you'll see. Oh, does she have, is she like the alpha wife because she was first? She's the alpha wife, but alpha wife takes a turn. There's, okay, I'll wait. Oh, young grasshopper. There's so much, (laughs) so much less left to explain. (laughs) So Christine really was interested in Cody long before he was interested in her. So they all kind of go to the same church. She would even, she just wanted to be a part of this family. And she even talks to Mary. Mary's saying, hey, we're trying to find another wife. They have this wife they kind of like or this woman they kind of like. It doesn't end up working out. But Christine's on the phone saying, hey, this, you know, she's basically happy that this new wife doesn't work out for her. Right. Even though Christine could do so much better. So anyway, Christine's thrilled. They they don't end up working out. And Eventually, Cody decides to pursue Christine. He thinks, okay, she's going to be a a good person for our family. But he says, originally, he was not physically attracted to her. He puts this in writing, and he says it on their freaking show that's nationally televised. Here is, Rebecca, one of the worst stories I've ever heard in my entire life. I know. This, if you've ever had somebody, if you've ever been rejected. Never. I have. Not once. No, not you. Um. This would be the worst rejection story in the world. So they go on this trip, uh, Cody, Mary, and Christine, when they're kind of dating, trying to figure things out. where's Janelle? Janelle's working. Janelle is always working. She's the most responsible one. She does not have time for vacations. He says that he looks at her. They stop at some quickie mart, and she brings out a bowl of nachos. She gets a plate of nachos covered in you know, chili covered in cheese and he, she scarfs them down. And he said the site was so unattractive that he started second guessing their relationship. He said, I couldn't watch her eat them. She must've been starving because she was eating so quickly and there was chili sauce and nacho cheese everywhere. He's a monster. And he basically was like, I had to stop seeing her after that. First of all, there's no other way to eat nachos than quickly and voraciously. So, Shut it, Cody. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, it appalls me that he's saying that about her. However, I've probably said similar about my husband. That's fair. I would do the but same that's thing. that's different. I, I know. Somehow. I want to... Well, you didn't put it in writing in a freaking book that <laughs> apparently somehow nope. made it to the New York Times bestseller look, book. Just, just yes. a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Here's my... my yeah, just a podcast. <laughs> Um, so I have a nacho story I think you'll enjoy. I too am um, a nacho enthusiast. And mm-hmm. I once was keeping the till for a basketball game at my school. So I was keeping all the money and I got nachos and I was sitting at the desk and, you know, just waiting for people to come in and I would take their money. Well, I'm eating my nachos very, I'm very into this. And next thing I know, I turn around and the cash box is gone. Oh. I have no idea you where You were it went. so devoted to the nachos. 
I was so into my nachos. I had no clue what happened. And then I finally turned around more and a group of adults, I was a teenager, had taken the till and they said, you were just so into your nachos. We didn't think you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> it was right. They, they were totally right. They require a lot of attention. Set. They do. Nachos. Your finger, all your fingers, you got to wipe, you got to lick, yeah, you, all of that. There's a lot going on in them. <laughs> so <laughs> they were, it, they were really good that day too. I mean, what can I say? Cheese in a can? Bring yes, it. please. So wait, were the adults like testing you? Like, let's see if she yes. notices and then they told you that's kind of messed up. It's totally messed up. It's so messed up. But I also was the person who on like trips and stuff, volleyball trips, they would like bet me how much I could eat. So I would like try to brace the guys because we had girls and guys teams. And I would eat triple cheeseburgers, like three triple cheeseburgers. I could just out eat anybody. I'm so, so impressed. But it takes dedication and it takes concentration. Yes, it does. And if you steal from me, I won't notice. <laughs> yeah. That's the takeaway. It also takes confidence, Melissa. Good job. There you go. I had an unnatural amount of confidence that day. So uh, I. this is just a side note. Whenever I was reminding a friend of mine, Carly, who's a friend of our show, she about this nacho cheese thing, she called Cody Queso Cody <laughs> and the agent of chaos. And I was like, that's, that's totally him. I like that a lot. <laughs> so... It, somehow Cody powered through the devastation of seeing his wife eats nachos like a human being. I say that from experience. Um, <laughs> and they eventually get married in this tiny ceremony because it's a third marriage. There's that You can't have this giant big party. It's basically more of a dinner party. And he, again, drills in the fact that he is not attracted to her. She becomes a stay-at-home wife, and she loves her role as homemaker. So they're all having kids at this point. Um, Mary, unfortunately, was only able to have one daughter. Um, she had issues with infertility. But Christine was a stay-at-home wife, She, the stay-at-home mom. She loved doing it. And she was also part of something called Principal Voices. And they were kind of the public face of polygamy, but on a very small scale. So, it, you know, more in Utah and stuff, you, you would have heard of Principal Voices. And so... While she's a part of this, and, and they basically do outreach to kind of say, hey, we're not bad. This is okay. Right. We're, you know, fine. But still staying under the radar. So during this time, she's approached by tons of people about being involved in documentaries about polygamy or, you know, TV shows. And she never tells Cody because she thinks like, mm, no, we don't want to do that. Eventually, though, he says, hey, you know, these people are interested. We've had people reach out to our family. And she said, oh, yeah, they contact me all the time. And he was like, okay, well, if they contact you again, let me know, and, and we need to think about it. So eventually, a man by the name of Tim Gibbons reaches out to the principal voice and is connected to Christine. They then speak to the family and decide they want to move forward with doing this show, putting doing this reality show. And all the wives eventually come around to it, but Christine was really worried because she knew this risk. When her dad was eight years old, his family was totally split apart after his father's arrest for polygamy. So oh. when she grew up, they grew up in secrecy and, and fear. And so they knew not to, if you weren't your dad's first wife's kids, he couldn't claim you in public, which can you imagine that? Like just all of a sudden you're with your kids, but now you can't act like you're with your kids. Yeah. They're somebody else's kids. It's really sad. So later her mom leaves her father, divorces him, and leaves the faith. That's kind of an aside, but it doesn't always work out in these relationships is what I got from that. I would think. And 
Yeah, and Christine and Cody together also have six kids just like Janelle. So during this time, they're in various living situations. As you can imagine, the world's not really made for people living with three separate, you know, there's three separate couples, really. So in the beginning, Cody, Janelle, and Mary all lived together, which, as I said, was horrific. And eventually, when Christine comes in, she lives in a cottage nearby. Keep in mind, this is so expensive to have so many households going on. That has been going through my mind. Like, how do they afford this many children and, and everything? Right? I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah. I mean, a little. They don't really give too much information, but I do have some. So eventually, Janelle ends up leaving the family at one point because it's just too much. And yeah, she leaves for almost a year. Wow. And she was still with Cody, but basically said if they moved further, she wasn't going. Eventually, she wanted her kids to be around their siblings, so she ends up moving. And so the family moves to Utah into this house that's basically a polygamous dream home. It's three apartments in Lehigh, Utah. So it's you've got your two upstairs, and you've got your basement wife. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. And uh, Christine ends up being the basement wife, but you don't have separate entrances. So for some reason, this is such a huge sticking point on the show. They know their husband gets around their home, but they have a hard time seeing one wife walk in the front door with that husband. Like they know they go on dates. They know they make babies. But the idea of seeing them walk into the front door is just uh, too far. That's too much. It's way too far. It's disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I've never quite figured that out. They talk about this being a really good time in their life, depending on who you are. Christine thinks it was horrific. Janelle loved it. Mary, I've never gotten a good read on her. Cody enjoyed it because all of his kids were there. So he could go stay one night with one wife, but he's tucked all the other kids in bed. I can see how that would be great. Yeah. So this goes on for several years, like not 17 years, but at least seven or eight years. They, They did this quite a bit. It was like a huge part of their family. So then let's bring on Robin. While Bethany is sitting on her high horse with the reality reckoning, I too am sitting on my high horse after this week's round of amazing, delicious, ready-to-eat meals that I received from Factor. Thanks to Factor, my lunches have been taken care of, really. I'm someone who can pretty solidly stick to making my breakfast every day. I eat the same boring thing every day, which is yogurt, and at dinner I prepare something for myself and the family. But during the day, I really tend to eat whatever is around or whatever I just pick up on the go. And honestly, a lot of times that's not great. But thanks to Factor, I can eat amazing chef-crafted fresh meals in under two minutes. We're talking over 35 different options to choose from every week that include things like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, as well as Keto. On top of that, they also offer delicious things for breakfast or midday bites like pancakes, smoothies, and more for days when I'm just sick and tired of my yogurt. This week, I had the most incredible meals, more than I can even count. And one I can't shut up about is the shredded chicken and loaded mashed potatoes with mushroom gravy, smoked cheddar, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. So, so good. And on top of that, the only work I had to do was throw it in the microwave for two minutes. Two minutes. And while I'm not a big microwave girly, this doesn't taste like a microwave meal because it isn't. These meals are dietitian approved and chef crafted, never frozen meals. Head to factormeals.com slash criminality50 and use code criminality50 to get 50% off. That's code criminality50 at factormeals.com slash criminality50 to get 50% off. Life is full of mysteries like 
what am I going to eat today? Or how do these Love is Blind producers keep picking these men? And if you love mysteries like we do, then you got to try June's Journey, the game that'll have you sleuthing your way around the globe with June Parker. You'll be uncovering hidden objects and solving mind-boggling cases in no time. As you advance through each level, delve into June's family scandals for your dose of drama once Love is Blind is over. June's family drama is the perfect way to satisfy my craving for mess. But amidst the drama, stay alert because danger lurks around every corner. Utilize your skills to crack the case before time slips away. With stunning graphics, captivating sound effects, and a compelling storyline, June's Journey stands as the ultimate mystery game. I'm currently in Chapter 5, and one of the most enjoyable aspects of the game is the story within the story. While I'm unraveling the mystery behind June Parker's sister's death, I'll also encounter hundreds of puzzles along the way. I like to turn to June's journey to unwind after a long day or just to kickstart a lazy one. Grab your detective hat and get ready to solve the case right at your fingertips. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Robin is the fourth wife. She grows up in Utah in the fundamentalist faith. Um, Her mom was actually her dad's second wife. So she was in a situation where she was with her dad one time and he had to act like he wasn't with their family. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so one of the things they did and Cody, Mary, Janelle, all of them, they would say they were sisters. So it was like, oh, this is Cody's sister. Mary's the, like, it's kind of gross. I mean, technically Janelle was a sister. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh my gosh. So she never really, she never really minded it though. Cause she, like I said, very logical. She was like, well, that right. he is my brother. It's brother from another mother. Um, And so (laughs) Robin always wanted a plural family. She thought it was great. Um, So she gets married to a man by the name of David Jessup in 1999. Jessup is a name I know a lot and comes up a lot in the history of the Mormon church. You just, it's the last name you hear a lot. Yes. So she has three kids with him. They wanted to have a second wife. I'm not sure entirely why that never happened. Um, They don't really say, but they divorced in 2007. They kind of, she alludes to possible abuse and alcohol um, issues. So she says that she doesn't want anything to do with dating, with anything, and eventually is introduced to Cody after visiting his church with her cousin. She's not into it. She's not really super excited about it. Mary loves her. Mary is like, who finds the wife she is the number one find finder she's the ask jeeves no that wouldn't work there she's like bumble for (laughs) she's the bumble for wives (laughs) yeah she's the wife wife whisperer (laughs) the wife whisperer i love it wife whisperer so they end up she ends up saying you know hey i come with this she uses the word baggage it's not baggage it's her kids but she's had a divorce and so she says i come with a lot but they decide that she's she should be part of their family. So they end up having the longest engagement. The other engagements were like three months and less. Theirs end up being closer to a year because there were the holidays. They were going to get married in December, but then it was holidays. Then it was somebody's birthday, blah, blah, blah. Then the TV show is being recorded. So now the TV show says, hey, we'll pay for your wedding, but you've got to have it on. Yeah. They end up having it recorded for TLC. That's the finale of the first season. So she has three kids when she comes into the marriage with Cody, and then the two of them have two, um, two together. So 
when we meet the Browns, they're courting Robin. That's how we we meet them in this first episode. And I can't tell you how pumped I was to watch this first episode. <laughs> it was everything. Because you just never saw it for real. It was just this idea in your head of polygamy. But Robin... I keep wanting to call you Robin. I'm so sorry because that's not at all a compliment. It's just because of the R. And I think you are so wonderful and you are nobody's Robin. So (laughs) it's just the R that's messing me up. Put it on a t-shirt. I am nobody's Robin. Yeah. That actually is a great one. (laughs) (laughs) So Rebecca, you don't get 15 long, long seasons by just having a wedding. There's got to be drama, right? Right. So altogether, the couples have 18 kids. He has one with Mary, six with Janelle, six with Christine, five with Robin. Now, five with Robin biological, like together or in addition to Three of hers and two two together. So as we said, after the show debuted, they found out they could be arrested, right? They find out, you know, they're, they're investigating them. So they decide as a family to move to Vegas, baby, because, I mean... Where else would you move? Vegas. What are they going to do in Vegas? I'm a polygamist. Who cares? Exactly. Nobody cares, you know? Pales in comparison to what most people are seeing. Exactly. So they end up renting homes, doing, again, all the moving I've seen. I could move you in like 14 minutes based on all the mistakes these people have made. They end up finding a bunch of homes in a cul-de-sac. Like they build four homes. So they're all in this cul-de-sac. It's perfect, right? So show goes on, we get all these like, will Cody take a fifth wife? And you just pray to God that's never going to happen. So far, it hasn't. Um, The adults all work together on various ventures because you got to make a TV show. So they got to pretend the only check they're getting isn't from TLC. Uh huh. They do things like going to real estate, which I think Janelle actually did because, again, she's the working hard, uh, no nonsense one. Yeah. LuLaRoe, uh, Mary and Christine – huge LuLaRoe people. They, Mary, if you go to her group, you can watch her videos and all she says immediately is, read the pen post. As soon as you get in there, she just, somebody asks a question, she reads it, read the pen post. And it's one of my favorite things to just yell at my kids sometimes. It's just fun. But LuLaRoe had a huge uh, downfall. They have, but not enough. It hasn't (laughs) come from Mary just yet. No, 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 no. And then they also did my personal favorite, which is my sister's sister wife's closet. I've heard about this. Yes. This is the failed jewelry empire section. Tell me everything. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot to tell you. (laughs) Oh, darn. (laughs) You take three, four women, one man who have, I would consider no personal style besides (laughs) wearing t-shirts with like spaghetti strap shirts over them and say, you make us designs and not expect every design to just be a heart. Every freaking design was a heart. (sighs) So who was this partnership with? Where could you get this stuff? Did it ever come to fruition? Was it ever sold in in stores? In stores? (laughs) Silly Rebecca. (laughs) No, it was an online marketplace that did not do well. And the website, it's still there. And there's more stuff coming soon. And I'm signed up for email updates. <laughs> so far, no luck. I wonder if Jen I mean, Shaw did their uh, email marketing. There you go. Sometimes you just want four hearts on a necklace for no good reason. I mean, well, let's a great do reason for wives. Exactly. But come on, do we really heart jewelry? I just cannot take it. I don't. I feel like if you love me and you give me heart jewelry, <laughs> you're gonna kill me because there's no reason. You know, that's just like an an act of violence. I don't want it. <laughs> so. <laughs> So anyway, anyway, they they should play to their strength though. Like 
maybe write a book, like what to expect when three moms are expecting at one time. That, <laughs> that's a that's a bestseller. Absolutely. It's a specific, specific uh, genre, but I think somebody would There's buy it. There's a market. There you go. I, if I bought this one, I'd buy that one. So as time goes on, though, Robin's kids, since they are from her first marriage, they do not have any insurance. They don't have any legal connection to Cody. So to be able to, this is how it's been sold to us. We don't know how much is true. To be able to get them on his insurance, he needed to be married to Robin and adopt these kids. Okay. Well, the only way to marry Robin is to divorce Mary. So. Oh, because he could only be married to one at a time. Yeah. And he's only got a spiritual union with the other two. Yeah. But they're his kids. So we're talking about. Yeah. Got it. Right. So. They have to get divorced. And so I can imagine that would be very difficult. Like your place has always been the first wife and now this new hot thing, relative, uh, this new hot thing comes in and now you've lost your status as legal wife and now this new thing, (laughs) I keep calling Robin thing, but that just shows how much I love her. Um, She is now going to take your place. Really, I mean, it's that that's like now she's the newest one and she's the legal one. So they end up doing this, and it's really, really hard um, on Seeking Sister Wives, which, by the way, if, if you're not watching that, it's on Monday nights. It's so good. Seeking Sister Wives, they're all looking for Sister Wives, but some are for religious reasons, and some are literally they just want a nanny. The students <laughs> just want a nanny. That sounds um, more honest. Right? Is it connected to this show, or is it is it a spinoff, or separate, entirely separate? It's separate entirely. But fun fact, one of the couples that were on Seeking Sister Wives last season, her brother is married to Christine's daughter's husband. Something like that. It's all connected. It's got to be a very small, niche community, right? I mean, It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So you really could marry your cousin very easily. If you could marry your brother, you could marry your cousin. Seriously. So... (laughs) So even on the Seeking Sister Wives, one of the couples uh, had to get divorced so he could marry somebody from overseas so she could come here on a visa, Mm -hmm. which is all of it so risky. So anyway, but shortly after this divorce, we get the biggest sister wife scandal. That is that we find out that Mary has been catfished. Uh Uh-oh. And I wish I was kidding, but I'm not kidding, Rebecca. Oh, no. Poor Mary gets catfished. And she doesn't get catfished by just anyone. She gets catfished by a man named Sam. They were talking for six months over Twitter. Uh, Sam was a businessman in his early 40s, a millionaire apparently. Mm, Of course. Um, Yeah. And according to Mary, it was a friendship. That's it. Um, The messages will uh, speak otherwise. (laughs) But... (laughs) Ultimately, uh, Sam wasn't Sam at all. Sam was actually a woman named Jackie Overton, and Jackie Overton is a known scammer. She still has a Twitter account that I was on the other day uh, with 100,000 followers talking about her life, but I don't think her life is true. I mean, I feel like once a scammer, always a scammer, right? For sure. Yeah. So anyway, in this friendship that Mary has made with Sam – Sam has an assistant named Lindsay Jackson. You aren't going to believe this, but Lindsay wasn't a real person either. What? I know that's, I know. (laughs) That's the real shock, not Janelle and Cody being brother and sister. (sighs) Um, But the photos of Lindsay are. So Jackie Overton is using these photos of her as Lindsay, the assistant, 
apparently Lindsay's involved in their friendship. I don't get why. She even goes to, Mary even goes to Disneyland with Lindsay. I guess Sam couldn't show up, so there's photos of them together. Jackie eventually says that they had a sexual relationship. None of this has been confirmed by Mary. Um, It's all very speculative. Not going to go any further into that. She wrote books. One's called like Almost Married, but spelled how Mary spells her name. You had to buy it on PayPal. It was a whole thing. A for effort. I did not buy that one. Um, So there's tons of proof that Mary, thinking it was Sam, but maybe Lindsay, (laughs) were in communication. But she claims, Mary claims all the voicemails, all the messages were actually a result of manipulation and claims that she was being extorted by Sam and she wanted to protect her family. So she would say whatever they wanted to say to her. Um, Mary said at the end of the day, she thought she had a friend, but she was lied to and it's a friendship and that's it. But the messages say something different. Um, Rebecca, I'm going to be sending you two photos. Okay. And we'll need real, real-time reactions. And which one do I want to send you first? Okay, I'm going to send you this one. No, 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 no. Well, that one's fine. It's the next one that'll really get you. Okay. So what did I send you a photo of? It's a peeled banana. That's not all I sent you a photo of. Oh, incoming. Hold on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so... I don't think we should post these, but um, these, uh, if you Google Mary Brown banana. Not suitable for work. Not suitable for work, indeed. But her whole thing is, hey, this was just a friendship, but then you've got something like this. And I have one more little thing to send you. It's not that, but it's a voicemail I'd like you to listen to. Don't ever send a picture of yourself eating banana. Oh, block you. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) I would block myself. So here's the voicemail. I'm sorry that you felt like that was a comparison. All I was saying was I had that. I know what that feels like. That's not what I'm looking for with you. You understand that what I want with you is something deeper and stronger and more passionate. It's what we have. We have something more passionate than I've ever felt. You know that. Wow. Wow. She wants something more passionate. I mean, to be fair, Rebecca, I send you emails or messages all the time saying, can we have a more passionate friendship? (laughs) I'm like, I have nothing left to give, Melissa. (laughs) I should have told you. I should have been more clear up front. (laughs) We're just good for nothing wives. Perfect pair. Um, Well, that's intense. And it It brings up a lot. It brings up a lot. And to be quite honest, I felt really bad for her because she's gone through this divorce with her husband and things, I I don't know, you can see the dynamics changing in the family. And so Cody finds out about this, as does the whole world, and he's not happy. There's never any real resolution. And I really think a lot of that comes from the fact that Mary will never say, I thought I was in a relationship. I thought I was having, you know, I was going to live with this person or whatever. She just says, I was extorted. This was a scam. So it's kind of like you can't really forgive someone if they can't accept it. They can't face it. I know, but she was in a in, a, in such a unique and weird situation. Right? Yeah. For all intents and purposes, still sort of joined with him and and his wife, but not legally and kind of set aside to make room for this new person. So there was this opening for something like this to happen. Oh, for sure. And she only had the one kid. 
that kid was older. So she's by herself. She's an empty nester. Yeah. Her husband at best comes every four days to stay at her house. It's like sad. they have the rotation. I think so too. She can be kind of insufferable. She can make herself out to be a victim. But I feel like at the heart of it, like it was a very lonely person yeah. who got involved in something and then totally got screwed in the situation. But from that point on, this is like six years ago, seven years ago, she told Cody, don't come to my house because she was like, I'm going through some things. And to that day, he doesn't go to stay at her house anymore. He rotates between the three wives. They're all still a family, but they're not really a couple anymore. It's weird, Rebecca. It's like, it breaks my heart for her too, because I'm like, you're by yourself. Is she allowed to see other people? Like, are there conditions no. around mm-hmm. that? No, what? it's polygamy. He's in, he's the man that has the three, four wives, and she just has to deal with that. Well, she can leave. So it's not like a thing where he doesn't say she can leave. She can leave, but she is part of this family. Like, for some reason, she is very dedicated to it. Yeah. I haven't figured it out. But the whole thing, like, that's kind of what they're going through in this season. It's COVID, and then we're dealing with that. But we've been dealing with their marriage for years. I'm still My gosh. Okay. Yeah. So during this time, the Browns end up leaving Las Vegas and moved, moving to Arizona. Why Arizona? No one really knows. It doesn't seem like it was a very smart idea. They had all this cul-de-sac. All of them were together. And now they're really kind of spread out. It's kind of sad they're not around each other anymore. So the family, though, still can't move back to Utah, which at one point was like their goal to move back to Utah. So during this time away that they come out as polygamists, a lot goes on with the laws, which was really the whole point of <laughs> our show was to talk about the legal part of it yeah and so that now they have a face of polygamy though and so they feel like they're the face of polygamy and they can do some good with it on july 13th 2011 the browns file a complaint in united states district court for the district of utah challenging this polygamy law okay and they release a statement that basically says there's tens of thousands of families in utah and other states and we want to have equal treatment for our family and others and um you know this would be the first step is to decriminalize uh polygamy so a little over a year later on june 1st 2012 the criminal case against the browns is dropped although their civil civil case is still active But that same year, a federal judge decriminalized bigamy among consenting adults for a brief time, but a federal appeals court overturns it. So it's still just kind of going through yes and no, yes and no, yes and no. In 2017, the Utah State Legislature recriminalized polygamy. And what Utah did was really point to these things that have happened in polygamy. So Sure, we see Cody, Mary, Janelle, all of them having a healthy, in quotes, marriage and their kids are doing well and they're thriving and their kids are happy, but they're connected just by association to Warren Jeffs, right? That's the... Sure. That's the dark downside of what could happen. Yeah. And that's what people thought of first, right? Sure. So he had been the president of the FLDS church, and back in 2011, he was convicted of two counts of sexual assault against a child. He was eventually sentenced to life in prison plus 20 years. So he had as many as 70 wives, many of them underage. So these weren't wives. These were girls that were, you know. Awful. Yeah, just terrible. So those who want polygamy laws in Utah want them for reasons like this. A lot of these people have escaped polygamy in these child bride situations. And so, of course, they 
they don't care about the good side of it. They know what they've seen. They know what they've been through. So you can understand where they're fighting for this. But those that are against polygamy laws, like the Browns, say that when these families are forced to hide in secret, things can't be reported. Things like Mm. these crimes can't be reported. Because if you say, if something took place where they should call the police, they're not going to call the police because the police come to their house and they find out that their dad is married to three women and now the family is separated. So, so much can't be reported because they're living in fear. So if you take that off, even the stuff, the Warren Jeffs type stuff shouldn't be happening because people won't be afraid to call the police and say, this is happening down the road from where I live right. because now you're not going to be investigated. So it makes sense, I think. Ultimately, though, on March 28, 2020, Senate Bill 102 was signed into law by Governor Gary Herbert. It says a married person can take additional spouses at the same time, but not be subjected to felonies so long as the spouses come in willingly. So not the Warren Jeff situation, but the Brown situation. They all came into it being married, knowing about the other spouses. But if you are threatened, frauded, or forced into it, or it involves abuse, it's a second-degree felony and carries a prison term of up to 15 years. If it doesn't have to do with any of that, it's an infraction and can draw a fine of up to $750 in community service, leaving the Browns with the opportunity to flee back to Utah if they so choose. Okay. So as I said earlier, I've done the math. And I have now watched at least 176 hours of Sister Lives, Rebecca. It's probably closer to 200 because some seasons had two-hour episodes, and I watched, I watched, and I watched. Do you know what this makes me worry? What? I don't know if I've ever said this to you before, but my husband says I know more about Nexium than any woman not Nexium should. I think yeah. you might be closer to being a sister wife than any woman who's not a sister wife is. Listen, if I had anything to bring to the table, I would uh, be all about that life. <laughs> I just don't think I'm good sister wife material. They're going to be like, next, who's next? Mary, find somebody else. This one's not bringing anything to the table. So Rebecca, though, I did think of, in closing of my story, five things I could have done with my time instead of <laughs> investing 176 hours in sister wives. The Let first thing it. is, I could have interned for Sonia Morgan. Those were hours well spent. Absolutely. It's a life experience. There you go. I could be pickles too. Uh, (laughs) Electric boogaloo. Uh, I could have ghostwritten a book for Aviva Dresser. Mm -hmm. That was just waiting to be had. Lucrative. Yeah. I could have made it about Tom for Luann. Always. We can do that anyway. Yeah. (laughs) I could have eaten gummy bears on Scary Island with Kelly Ben Simone. Oh. Yeah. And lastly, I could have made robocalls for Jen Shaw. Oh, that's (laughs) true. I like that full circle, closing the gap. I did it. Wow. So (laughs) that's all you have to say. No, I have so much to say. And I'm really glad you got to the part where you're talking and explaining the federal law and their thinking on it. Because by the end of your story, I'm just kind of like, look. It isn't for me, all joking aside. Sounds complicated, and two people in a relationship is complicated enough. But, you know, I'm thinking, what's the big deal? If they're not hurting anyone and their children are okay, they're consenting adults. Sounds like this should not be a federal law. Right. But then the reminder of the Warren Jeff story changes that. But wouldn't that, don't we just need to re- redefine forced marriages of young children? Like, yeah. that isn't polygamy. That is just sexual abuse and right so 
so I like that they've landed on this if it, they come in willingly, but maybe add like an age, like 18 plus. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To, to avoid this getting muddied up with polygamy because that's separate. Right. To be honest, it could have said 18 and up. I didn't look very okay. deeply into Maybe it. it I just saw that it was, yeah, I, I would imagine it was because that's what they were trying to avoid. To prevent, that. yeah, that makes so total I sense. Really see both sides where you're saying, this is what I left this. And, and then the Browns saying people won't report it if right. they hear that their family's going to be separated. Why would you ever, of you course. wouldn't say anything. So it, it really, I don't know, it opened my eyes to the reasons why and why not and i think the way they're doing it now makes a lot of sense to to say as long as you came into it willingly yeah it's your life it makes sense yeah i mean and it's a subculture i'm really not familiar with i'm from the northeast like i've really it's never been around me um and i have not been a sister wives watcher though i have watched some since meeting you because you mm-hmm. talk about it so much i've been so curious and it, it is fascinating there is a hard to look awayness about it it's it's an interesting um i don't know their stories are so interesting and how they come into it is very interesting to me and just the one that blows my mind is janelle just her and her mom going into it and being so her mom being so against it and coming into it and being like no i'm gonna marry this man what yeah like, what happened in that moment what was so powerful that she got swept up in the idea. That's interesting to me. And, you know, polygamy and the man being in control, it seems like Cody is the patriarch and things do revolve around him. And yet Mm -hmm. there's also some maybe sense of female empowerment for women in the situation, right? There has to be. It's it's come a long way and they very much, he's like, well, they just make my schedule. And he acts kind of like, angry about it but it's like no you know what these are there you signed up for this there's four women women girls rule the world who does girls so we we know the schedules we know how things work you know not to say that men can't but you know it makes sense that they're like okay this is this is how we're going to do it they work together but it's 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 an interesting show. It is all about family dynamics and and where different people fit in and kind of it's an interesting look at how people relate to each other, I think, and even in friendships and stuff because they have to keep their friendships somewhat. They have to be able to work together for their kids to be around each other for Robin always says if Cody's having a good marriage with his other wives, he'll have a good marriage with me, so it's important. It's a very interesting the whole thing is very interesting to me. I'm I'm fascinated by it obviously, 176 hours later. But I do want to say that I know that the Mormon church now prefers to be called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, in, good to know. Yeah. In all the research, it says Mormon a lot and stuff. So I, I do know that, and I tried to say it as much as I could, but it's it's talking back in years past whenever it did go by Mormonism. So, um, so there is a difference, and I know that's what they prefer to be called now. Good to know. You know, it's I've loved Salt Lake the new Housewives franchise for many reasons, but one of them is that a lot of them, if they aren't presently practicing Mormonism or Church of the Latter-day Saints, right? Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Church. Saints. It's a mouthful. Yeah, it's, yeah. So a lot of the Housewives, if they're not actively practicing LDS, they they came from that family or that background or converted. And I find it fascinating. That's part yeah. of the reason I like that show is there is this shared 
experience and history that a lot yep. of the other shows don't have in terms of a religion and a community. Right. And they speak that language together. And I, mm. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. So I do too. I do too. This is like a lot of religions has a, you know, smaller faction, this more conservative mm. fundamentalist group that's sister wise. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, good. I'm glad. Let me tell you, it really did not come together until mm, closer <sighs> to yesterday or today. I was in full panic just trying to bring it. Hopefully it made sense, but we will put pictures up because there is it's a lot of people. The, the family tree really helped. So that was great. I'm really glad they never went to jail. That's a big family to break up. It is. You it know? is. I know. And they, you know, what would they do if Janelle wasn't working? I just don't know. She's so such a hard worker. She's the uh, the glue, I guess. She is. Oh, my gosh. She totally is. So, Rebecca, do you want to talk about the things we're watching? Other than Jen Shaw updates? Yes. Yeah. Let's, do, let's do that. Perfect. Do you want to go first? Sure. So I am a little bit late to this show. Shocker. I always feel like I'm saying that. I don't even know what season it's up to, but I okay. just started season one of a Netflix show. Okay. And the clues I'm going to give you are Mad Men, Robbery, Detroit Suburb. Oh, um, I don't know geography, so I'm already out. Um, it's Michigan. Yeah, no, that's, I know that's a state. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, okay, so an actress from Mad, Mad Men is in this show. That's oh, a little oh, more helpful. Oh, Good Girls. Yes. Good Girls. Yes. yes. Christina Hendricks. Yes. And it's in a Detroit suburb, and Got which it. I've learned. Have you watched? Yeah, I have. I have. I haven't watched the most recent season, but I've watched several seasons. Yeah, it's two super or three. fun. It is. It's not perfect. No. But, I, but I'm enjoying it, and it's what I've needed the last couple of weeks, just something I can have fun with. I like their dynamic. I think the acting is good. Again, sometimes it annoys me, and I feel like it's not – it could be even sharper. Right. But they I like put it. it together in a very, like – they're always getting out of, you know, precarious situations. It's ridiculous. So easily, where you're like, yeah. you have to suspend belief to get through Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But, but it is like a mindless, like – interesting a little bit of action st stuff going on a little breaking badish vibe on a female side but in a much light. more dark comedy it's not as dark at all yeah it's breaking bad light for yeah. women yeah yeah there's <laughs> that might have been the log line in the pitch meeting <laughs> a lot of caveats on that one yeah, and the guy from Scooby-Doo. Why can't I remember his name? Matthew Lillard. I'm like, oh, wow, Matthew, yes. where have you been? Yes, I know he was. He's got such a recognizable face and voice. I forgot his name, but um, yeah. yeah, they're really good. Yeah, I enjoy it. It is like one of those that I just will play several in a row and totally. mostly pay attention, but I can be doing laundry and I'm I'm not going to miss a whole lot. And if well, you I miss like something, one. you can like keep moving with the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's fine. Totally. Okay, so mine is an HBO show. I love HBO. It, yes, just came out. Just came oh, out. Okay. Um, Ray Romano is one of the stars in it. Oh. Kristen Malati is the other one. She's she was the mom in uh, How I Met Your Mother, which I didn't watch that, but it was like a big deal. She was the mom. Um, it's a dark comedy, and it's about a husband and wife kind of, where the husband owns like a tech company and a brain chip is involved, which doesn't sound like something I would like, but I'm obsessed with this show i i love ray romano so i don't right? know what it is but i really want to know because it sounds like something i'm going to watch okay it's called made for love 
and okay. it's on HBO. Ray Romano is the dad in this. He's kind of weird. Quir- well, he's very weird and quirky. You'll see what I mean. But it's such a fun, it's a fun watch, but it's so different in that it's a relationship between a husband and wife. Everything's perfect. They live in like this cube. I don't want to give any more away, but just trust me on this. I don't like futuristic kind of stuff. So it's not way in the future. It could technically happen now, but I don't know. I it's fascinating. I am so intrigued. I'm so intrigued. Oh, good. I think, you had I think me- they're half an hour episodes. Uh, sold. You had me at Ray Romano on HBO. It feels like I'm going to love it. I know. So there's been three episodes. Three more come out on April 8th. And then I think oh. two more after that. So yeah, you already get three right off the bat. I, I enjoy that. that. I love mm-hmm. a, a be. Um, I feel like I'm on the front end of a show for once. Yay. Um, thank you. Yeah, I've been dying to tell you that all week, but I had to save it till today. I know. We're in like save it for the podcast mode <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, well, speaking of the podcast, for the next one, I guess I'll tell a story. Yes. And I've got a few clues, but I'll be honest, it's a tough one to to veil under clues. I feel like this is very obvious, but just here they are. I'll play dumb. <laughs> or you can say I know and you can okay. see if you're right in two weeks. All right. Okay. Chicago. What is it with me in the Midwest cities? What is it with me and not knowing <laughs> geography? So I'm already over it. I have no idea. Okay. So Chicago, because mm-hmm. apparently I love Midwest cities. Airplanes. Chasens. And Chasens is spelled C-H-A-S-E-N apostrophe S. And that is a proper noun. That's a place. Not a clue in the world. I tried to make it a little tough because there's so many like dead ringers. So right. yeah, you'll just have to wait. Oh, I can't wait. This is exciting. Yay. I hope so. Yeah, I just started. So we'll see, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> but um, but it's, uh, it's going to be really different from yours. Well, I would hope so, because how many <laughs> sister and brother getting married to each other can we do? Can there be, really? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you'll just have to wait, but I can't wait to tell you. Yay. So, Rebecca, where can people find you? Every Wednesday, I have new episodes of Dialogue Podcast coming out, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dialogue Pod. Awesome. And you can find Moms and Murder every Tuesday on wherever you get your podcasts. I think it's Moms and Murder Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Man, I really wish I used Facebook more, but let's be honest, I don't. Sorry. Yeah. Well, until next time, is that it? That's it. I thought I'd let you close it. I just (laughs) decided to sit in silence. I know. I'm like, wait, is there a business we didn't think of? Oh, and you're also going to hear a promo for our friend's new podcast called Judgy and Juryish. Uh, that's by Jamie Rice. And her she you might know her from Murderish, her original podcast. Now she has right. a second one with her friend Jamie. And it's super fun. It's reality show recaps. Yeah, perfect. I can't Enjoy. Wait. Yeah. Okay, we will be back in two weeks. And uh, Rebecca will be done. It'll be exciting. I can't wait. I want to Google things, but I'm not going to. Don't do it. And so I'm excited. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, I'm Jamie. You might know me from Murderish, a true crime podcast. Well, I've got a new podcast called Judgy and Juryish, and I'm hosting it with my best friend since junior high. That's me, Jesse. Every week on Judgy and Juryish, Jamie and I edition our favorite reality TV shows with judgy opinions coming in hotter than a Lady Morgan toaster oven. We'll take you inside the drama, and when reality stars fight, best believe we are engaging. 
Put on your She by Charade joggers, pour a glass of Ramona Pinot Grigio. Then search for and subscribe to Judgy and Juryish in your favorite podcast app. And remember, fix your face and stay looking hot. Because you don't want to end up with a crappy mugshot. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.